Hi, I'm the comedian and quizzer Paul Sinha, and I cannot recommend highly enough the benefits of listening to the Promoter Mouth podcast. Do it now. Suddenly everything seems to be falling down. Once we got another mark, let's keep it spinning around. I look for the answers, but solutions just can't be found. We are on. Here we are for episode number eight. Eight of the Promoter Mouse podcast. I'm still amazed it's gone this far, mate. Last week was our highest daily download, so it's so going in the right direction. We're making progress. We are. Yeah. I put on a, a bid for people uh, to do a gig that I'm putting on, and at the end of it, I put a cheeky a, a cheeky plug for our podcast. You did? I didn't uh, think yeah, you'd get away with that. I didn't think I'd get away with that, because there, there, are, there are some proper uh, Nazi admins in the comedy forums. There is a yeah. certain comedy forum that is just ridiculously filled with clauses of yeah. a membership. I'm happy to be a part of it, but I'd, I'd equally be happy if they kicked me out for saying this. <laughs> it's a, it's it's, a bit crackers, isn't it? Yeah. But I, I don't want to shit all over it because I'm happy to be part of it. But um, I, I think a, I think 90% of the people that are a member of that group don't give a shit. They just want gigs, and that's what they can get from it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I go in there, and it is really helpful because there's a very useful little area where you can go and acts tell you if they're available oh, and yeah. sometimes yes. i'll even leave it until the last minute to book an act because i know there'll be some top acts that are available yeah, in yeah. my price range you're leaving it it's it's like when you go to the school disco you know you're sort of leaving it till the end and you think you might you know come away with the beauty <laughs> you, you might end up with a minger you might end up with a minger <laughs> yeah. oh no because the uh the the group criteria doesn't allow any mingers in there you you've got to be getting paid gigs in all the top clubs, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you check the top clubs to see if you were listed? <laughs> I wasn't listed. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't. I was not I was, listed yeah, no, in no. that. No. Um, anyway, um, why are we here? Pablo. I haven't said hello, Pablo. We <laughs> hello. always say that. Hello, Kai. Yeah, why are we here? Yeah, well, let's, let's, uh, let's read out the format, just so people who've not listened before know what the hell's going on. Because in the, from the last one, you said, oh, we must get it in earlier, because it was 20 minutes in, and then we told yeah, people yeah. what's going on. People must have been, you know, maybe we did something right if we're getting sort of record downloads. But anyway, let's, uh, let's spoil it. <laughs> so here we go. Two rival comedy promoters happen to live in the same sleepy town in Norfolk. Rather than be at each other's throats competing for territory like crap Colombian cartel leaders, we have joined together with a joint aim of banging on about the UK comedy scene through the lens of also living in an idyllic English market town. Wow. Excellent. Started off a bit ropey, didn't it? You could, no, you could, you no. could tell I was reading at the beginning you, and then at the end I... Uh, no, oh, you, you did really well there. Oh, thanks, I'm, I'm quite proud of you, actually. Oh, thank you. Because I know you've just come from work. Superior quality. Well done. What what you been up to? What this week? Yeah. Well, I've been organising gigs actually. I know that sounds yeah. Like, yeah. I, it sounds a bit wanky for all well, those the promoter mouth, but yeah, I have been. I've been trying to get up to speed with one gig. I'm really pleased with another couple of gigs with Arthur Smith that have done really well, and I've not got to worry about. And then I've got the comedy store on Tuesday, so I've been doing all of that. I've right. been I've been just getting my head round it. 
and really enjoying it. I, I, I've been doing similar, but um, the reason why I cut in, because I don't want to forget this, because it reminded me of something that we ought to discuss, and that is when you, when, when you approach a headliner, how long do you leave it before not getting a response, before you think, ah, oh, sacked it off, I'll go and ask somebody else? Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, especially if you really want that person. Yeah. Are you being too persistent? I think at the end of the day, as a promoter, I think, you know, they want the work and they want potential future work, maybe. Depends who they are. It's, it's, it's very often not the acts that don't reply. It's, it's, agents. Very, it's very often the agents. Yeah, have yeah. they even asked the, you know, are they yeah. being a bit slack? Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. There are some where I've, I've gone for some acts that I know are out of my depth or out of my league, sorry. Um, and I kind of get a sense that they haven't even asked them. And then you get back to them and they say, oh, no. And then you think, yeah, but did you ask them? Yeah. Did you run it by them? Because I know that person and they might well have said, OK, I might do it. You never know. Yeah, that that's happened in the past. I, I started crafting my messages along the lines of would so-and-so Let's say Terry Herpes, because he features every week. He's getting a lot of work lately. Yeah, he is. So uh, would I have the following dates available. Would Terry Herpes like to be considered for these dates? Do you use, and this would yeah. be the fee. Okay. That, that way we're not offering. But then again, I'm thinking that's a bit, you know, the, does ego come into it when with the agents going, are you offering us a gig or not? You no. Know, or who do, are you? Do you ever... Do you're, you're not listed on the uh, main list of gigs in the uh, pro comedy gig thing. Yeah. Think. I think money talks when it comes to it, but we, we generally don't have huge numbers to talk about. And we I think we know that they'll probably pick up, or if they did pick up something that's far better paid, it wouldn't, you know, they they mm. drop us in a heartbeat. But do you ever do you well, ever contact agents with a fee... In mind and say, who have you got? Um, I don't. I, that, I don't like working with agents because of this scenario. But when you give them a fee and then they give you a, and they give you a list of acts and you pick off half a dozen of those acts that you know you could contact directly for a fraction of that. Yeah, cost. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I had an email back today listing some acts that had already booked for the same gig, like, like twice the price. That I was like, what? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. And I think I've got it right. I know. I mean, I know they've got to do a job, but like you've got to be. It's even worse when they real. come back to you with one or two names, of you know, relatively successful acts, and then you've got this dilemma, haven't you, where you've got to say, either no thanks, and they'll wonder why, or yeah, yeah. or you kind of say, have you got anyone better? I I wouldn't necessarily go with that. How do it's, you handle it? Well, first of all, I will try any method of getting an act. I will ring up an act, I will ring up an agent, I will email an agent, I will send a pigeon, I, I will do all sorts. Every now and then I'd like to advertise on social media for acts, just to see who comes back and, I, I you know, I've got some good results. I mean, you do things that have worked for you in the past, don't you? And yeah. that, that in the past has worked for me. But you were, you were chucking a few emails or messages backwards and forwards to me saying, how about this act, how about this act? But then you stuck it out there and said, who's available for this gig? Yeah. And I was just, yeah, I, I questioned that because I just thought, don't you have anyone in mind? Because you're going to be inundated. Well, I don't um, mind that, honestly. I'll sit down on a Saturday morning and sort of watch YouTube and see, see who's good. There was one act that uh, um, applied. I'd not heard of him before. He'd, he'd won a whole load of competitions, doing really well. And I thought, well, well. And some of the people that he um, name-checked are people who I respect. And watched his video, 
And I thought, actually, that's that's really good. Every now and then, I just fancy myself to sort of take a bit of a flyer on, on an act, and it works out. Nice. Who's uh, that? Um, oh, James Ellis. James Ellis? Yeah. Okay. He looks the dogs. Okay, lovely. Yeah. yeah. So you, you watch some people, and you think, you can get it wrong, right? But some people you watch, and you think, uh, I think I think that, yeah, yeah. Nice. Last week, we didn't really... Listening back and editing it, there was a lot of local stuff, not as much comedy stuff. I think that's fair to say, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And even you said, was it a bit too local? I mean, people who are local really, really love it. Emily Curtis been in touch saying, yeah, I I agree with you about the uh, the store cards, the the co-op cards and the the things like, yeah, too many cards, too many cards. Ross, Ross Downs sent us a message saying every time he sees... Dog shit in a bag now, he thinks of you. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> he does. And, you know, I can't blame him in some ways. You know, that strange fruit hanging from the trees. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it does happen. I had a friend, right? Well, I've still got a friend, actually. Um, don't see him as much as he used to. Well, he used to have two greyhounds, and he thought it was hilarious. Because it was hilarious, he'd put food colouring in his dog food. So, like, bright blue or... Uh, yellow or green or whatever, and then he'd take take the greyhounds for a walk in Wimbledon Common on a uh, Saturday morning. And when they'd do their dog eggs, they'd be like luminous blue or something. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure what that effect that has on the dog. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, well At least you won't step on it. Yeah. Yeah, glowing, I mean, it's, what about glow in the it's dark? the food colouring hey. that we that's with human com- compulsion. So uh, yeah. consumption. What did I say? Compulsion. You said compulsion. Oh, I don't know. I'm I think sorry. we might leave this in because that's another absolute yeah. corker. Right uh, Not I, for human I, I, compulsion. I do it more when I'm tired, I've noticed this. <laughs> yeah, yeah you're going to be ultra conscious. That I'm, not, uh, I'm not a dick when it comes to that sort of thing. Although you probably think I am. Yeah, yeah. I am, aren't I? A little bit. <laughs> well, uh, you, you sent me a, a message, a draft message that you were sending somewhere. And uh, it was very... You're an English teacher as well, and you you used A R E instead of O U R. Yeah, but then yeah. I did that thing where you put star and then you correct it immediately after. Yeah. It's immediately after you read it. Yeah, but what you also did as well, which which I thought was extremely worrying, you put a comma instead of an apostrophe. I one bit, and if I, I mean, that must have been a typo because you taught English in a private school, right? No, I taught drama. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was head of drama oh, in, a, in two private schools okay. Okay. and one state school. That, now it all makes sense. 16 years, <laughs> man and boy. <laughs> you didn't teach yeah. punctuation. Trust me, I fucking hate teaching English. <laughs> and it, it was a fraction of the reason I left my last job because right. it was like, you you got to do some English now. I'm like, no. Don't make me do that. Wow. Yeah. Oh, you, you, well, you need to get into the local amateur. I mean, do you not fancy doing all of that? What the panto? Yeah, all the local amateur dramatics. No. No, I think I think doing the comedies probably up there with with the fix that I need as a yeah. as a dramatist and a and a performer. Right. I think definitely. I'd, yeah. That that has always been my fix. I've I used to do one man shows. Yeah, right. So I used to learn like two hour scripts and perform them. One of them was uh, a play called Hess. And I was Rudolf Hess. 
I can see I can see how this would work. <laughs> Why? <laughs> just I can just see you with a sort of you know a, a, le- a long leather jacket on and uh... uh, the context of it was he was in you prison. See, he was the last he was the last prisoner in Spandau prison. He was, yeah, and he he was he was a uh, um, friendly with all the guards and that wasn't he? Well, yeah. I mean, the prison was just for him, and yeah. and he came over during the war. He thought he could end the war by doing this solo trip across in a plane and he crashed it in Scotland. That's it. And he wanted to, and he wanted to end the war and they arrested him and anyway he ended up uh, going back going through Nuremberg and uh, the trials and and ended up in Spandau. He and I I suicide, didn't he? And I performed as uh, Rudolf Hess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A, as I say in a monologue. I can see that. Why can you see that? <laughs> Just Was is <laughs> 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 so, so, Nine. It's all, it's all coming together. You're going to slap me with a pair of leather gloves. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then another one I did, which was called Mr. Rebuffo, which was like um, uh, stories from the Bible. It was a, a Dario Faux play. And I did the, a two week season in, in Bristol in this in the pub. No, it's four weeks. Sorry, four weeks. Can I just say I've been at the pub with you and it felt like longer? <laughs> That's because it was oh, my round, and yeah, I'd, only, yeah. I'd, only, I'd only just started my pint. On, on, on pubs, I, I've got to slow it down with the pork scratchings and the uh, uh, and, and the bitter, because I, I went and got a health check, and I was peaking slightly above on the cholesterol thing. Too many kebabs and curries? Kebabs, curries, full Englishes. Do you think uh, they just say that, though, to bring everybody's health down a bit? Yeah, I did think that. I look like somebody who's fond of a full English, to be fair, you know. So, yeah, and, I, you and, are, and I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know I do one, but I mean, yeah, yeah. to posh pigs. <laughs> for, yeah, because whenever, whenever we go out, um, at some point, a packet of pork scratchings will appear. Mm. I've got a bit obsessed with pork scratchings. I need to not be obsessed with them. I mean, they are good. Mm. You gave me one the other day, and it was I had the chili on it. I mean, that's I yeah. didn't expect. I didn't expect that or deserve it. Oh yeah, that was in the Bell and Bells. They're selling there, but um, in the co-op across from the the Swan, they they sometimes do uh, chili pork scratchings there. So you can order your pint and then nip to the co-op and get your chili pork scratchings and bring them back again. And they are absolutely blinding. No, just get really the plain nice. ones, thanks, if I'm with you. God, but you got you know, the chili ones are good. Yeah, just be careful when you go to the toilet. Why? Were you sticking them up your ass? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Well, well uh, you know, I was, I was using my hands. Now, now, at the end of... We always talk about what you did in the week, and at the end of last week's podcast, uh, you announced with some gusto, that you were going to go for an Indian at my favourite Indian restaurant. I'd like to come back and report that it was a fantastic meal. I'm sure it would have been had we got that far. Um, let's just say they were having a little bit of an off night, which happens from time to time. Shit happens, doesn't it? Um, and this was one of those nights where, well, actually, a lot of shit didn't happen. Got in there and it was like sort of, 12 people looking to sort of, I'd say 12, I didn't count them, but it felt like about 12. And they were all sort of stood around in various states of slumping against walls or whatever they were on. And you, and, and they looked utterly hacked off. And I thought, there's, there's something not right here. Some of them looked absolutely furious. 
And I thought, oh no, I reckon these have been here for a long, long time. Because when we come past the car, like when we got out of the car, we couldn't find anywhere to park. I thought, oh, it's busy, isn't it? It's just full of people it's waiting for the takeaways. Takeaway. Yeah. yeah, something had gone I wrong in the kitchen, I think. And I uh, will uh, add, I don't think this is reflective of the place as a whole. I think they had a really bad night, and it was reported on the Facebook pages as well, wasn't it? It was, yeah. And, and, uh, people and, said, and, and I ordered it. They said it would be an hour. I got there after an hour, and it, they waited for another hour. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I think that's what it was. Uh, and and I, th- I think w- what people were mostly upset about was that very young junior staff were left to deal with the very angry older customers. I thought that was a little bit bit out of order. But then again, you, you, you don't know what people are going through, so it's, uh, you know, it's easy for me to judge. I've been in there before and it's been nice. Played a load of shit music, but you can't have everything. And uh, what I wanted to do was go in there and report back that Food was lovely, uh, but the the music was a bit shit. You're not going to put me off, mate. I still well, will go there because I think it's great. They they do a um, they do a curry there, and you can have it whatever strength you want. And naga hot is the term. Naga hot. That's not really hot. It's just above a madras, and it's below a Joel Frazee. And it's bloody delicious. So and is, is naga a type of hot? It's a type of chilli, yeah. Oh, right. Naga so, chilli. And so, so, you know, off nights, I'm going to I'm gonna chip in here and I'm going to um, not defend the place. Um, well, but I've not had the same experience. An off night's an off night, but... Yeah, it is um, an off night. The food, and those that, su- that also support the restaurant, I know you, you don't not support it. You had a bad night. But um, I will say, it doesn't put me off. But they need to sort their shit out. Um, regardless, you know, you can't have, you know, you might have a one-off, but you need to have ways of sorting that out. And I do know several people have said, oh, they called for the manager and the manager just did not appear. And I think if you are leaving um, staff out front to fend off annoyed customers who are rightly annoyed for the delays, you need a senior member of your team out there just to diffuse that. And that wasn't happening, was it? No, I mean, to me, that was the most uncomfortable thing. I mean, we spotted what was going on and uh, turned on our heels. After about five minutes, we were sort of like, well, the lines on the wall. So just just for the record, though, we're not slating the restaurant, but I think it's worth saying, you know, if if we're going to be the promoter mouths, um, and we do big up good things, but it's not going to put me off. I will still go, and I will still order curries there. You know, I hope you're listening. Yeah, probably not, but are they? (laughs) Well, let's let's see. You never know, somebody might sort of uh, push it their way. We've got a few people listening locally, haven't we? Who've got quite yeah, a few, but there's yeah. a lot of young people there who who get a lot of experience from working there as well, which is also good. And, and arguably, you know, nights like that, if you can han- handle that and you can you get through a night where everybody's annoyed with you, it's character building. What's the, what's the worst job you've had? Casino. Really? Hands down. I worked in a casino in, in Torquay and it was managing the restaurant in a casino. It was fucking atrocious. You had to queue up. Nobody trusts anybody in a casino, right? right. And, and you had to queue up and uh, to get the keys to open the restaurant at the start of your shift. Yeah. Queue up with the punters. And then you had to queue up at the end of the night to sign your keys back in. They zip lock them in a bag and then right. sign them off. And that, that, that for me was, was just an inconvenience. But the worst part of it was that you were working amongst just loads of addicts they were either you know alcoholics gambling addicts drug addicts whatever and the lowest point was a man who came to the 
bar and he was crying into his pint and he just said what's the matter mate and he and he'd, he'd gone out to buy a car for him and his missus and he had a couple of grand in his pocket and he thought he'd take his chance just to get a better car oh no and fucked it didn't he oh, uh, and he had to go back to his missus and he was so, crying into his pint what do you do in that situation yeah, do you know oh. what i mean and we used to we used to give food away around around one o'clock in the morning or something um so the restaurant job as much as you sold food the restaurant job was giving keep, so you keep the pullets in you got loads yeah and you gave them drinks and sandwiches through through the night but then at the end of the night you used to cook noodles and rice and 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 give them fried breakfasts right deep fried sausages and and shit like that at like one two in the morning which was popular but um oh, it was awful and i hated it and you know you used to get some characters in there yeah, to, yeah. there was one guy who used to um pay his taxi fare to go home before he came in so if whatever happened he had a lift home right. that, that was one and then you had the guys from the chinese restaurant who were obviously working cash in hand at the restaurant uh that so they'd take all their takings from the restaurant and but they'd sit up in the bar drinking budweiser and they'd have lads down gambling all their money i don't know what happened if they lost it but that was the sort of they were just yeah. laundering their cash through the through, yeah, the, through the casino. Casino, yeah. it's yeah. madness. Anyway, yeah. I we it was after we had our first child, um, and after a, a month or so, and it was horrible as well. And that was when people smoked. So I'd go home at six in the morning. So my shift was sometimes like nine in the evening until six in the morning. Yeah. Oh man, it gets worse and worse. And anyway, we went. Um, my mother-in-law came from Japan. We went down to Cornwall for a weekend together with the um, new baby and we were walking along the beach and I just said to my wife, I said, I'm, I'm not going back. And sure enough, I didn't. I yeah. just went, I, I just said to them, this is not the job that you sold me at the interview. Yeah, and that yeah. was good enough for me to feel like I'd kind of walked away from it Difficult. with some with, dignity. With, it was with horrible. With a young kid as well. And, you, you know, you don't want to leave your job, do you? Yeah. And yeah. the guy who ran it, he was divorced, re, you know, recently divorced, and his life was in the casino. And it was just, you know, just a load of weird people, night owls who were just yeah, yeah. tied to this place. And honestly, worst job ever. I, I didn't hesitate when I said it, did I? Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no, not at all. That is the worst. Yeah. Patreon. Did we get any Patreons? We haven't. I'm I'm thinking of just signing up, just so that I can see if it works. But I think, um, <laughs> you know, a pound a week, <laughs> we said, uh, four quid it costs a month. And we get about sort of £3.60, or three, no, about £3.40 of that we'll end up with out, right. of, out of a £4 monthly membership. They take a percentage and a, and a, and a few pence off. 40p yeah. or something patreon yeah i mean it's it's um it's something isn't it i can understand why people wouldn't want to because every time you sort of turn around somebody's got their hand out completely get that but um if you are listening and you're listening regularly and you enjoy it and give it a share give it a five-star review we'll be happy we'll be happy enough with that and that'll encourage us to keep on doing it and also we said this before do do get in touch and uh it's not a deal breaker, is it? We're going to carry message. on. Do- we are going to carry on doing it's, it's this. It's a buzz when somebody sends you a message saying they're liking it. it keeps it keeps you going. It keeps you makes you think. Ah, oh, well, it's worthwhile. Actually, I'll tell you what somebody has done, and I thought it was very clever. Having the first certain number that are going to be one pound forever per month. Yeah. Should we do that? Should we do like like ten? The first ten, 
will be a pound a month forever. First five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the first five people. Yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah. <laughs> well, I tell you what, if you want to be exempt from that and you're feeling Does that sound flushed, desperate? Then let us know. <laughs> it sounds a bit desperate, doesn't it? It does sound a bit desperate. <laughs> yeah, the thought of having a Patreon seems mad, to be honest. Uh, and if it did happen, I'd probably get a massive swelled. We have well, nothing special to offer you. Um, and but but what we do we do have actually we have us we are the, we are very special people. We give a lot. We put a lot of thought into this. Believe it or not, I mean it might sound completely calamitous and uh, uh, ramshackle, but uh, yeah, we we actually sort of uh, exchange a lot of messages and work out what what subjects we ought to be covering. This week we we've got a few subjects under the heading comedy shithousery forward slash. Comedy rumours. Yeah, so so the first one for me was the C-bomb. Yeah. Because we mentioned this early on, didn't we? Yeah. Um, I found myself saying about an act who I really like that um, when I just find the C-bomb a bit grating. I, I don't mind it in conversation used in context. And sometimes in comedy it can work all right. But I've seen people use it and then audience go, mm, I don't know about yeah, this. It is can be quite jarring, and and I've seen it great on an audience. And yeah. an act go from being really, really funny to dropping that C-bomb to then suddenly the audience being almost slightly indifferent or, you know, there's a ripple of of, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, of yeah. shock yeah. and I think disappointment. I think you've got to have authority to carry it off. Mm. Uh, authority and the audience have really got to trust you. And what brought this home for me... Just this week, I was watching a video of Arthur Smith. I was looking at clips of Arthur because I booked him as well, which is which is great news. Yes. Uh, um, and yeah, this clip, the the, the punchline ends in a C bomb, and it's and it, it's littered with C bombs, and the punchline <laughs> ends in it. Look up Arthur Arthur Smith, uh, C U N T, YouTube, and it should come up. And he and he and he absolutely nails it. But there's there's a reason why he nails it is because his audience probably there for him. They know who he is, and he do, just has the stature to be able to do it. If the audience doesn't know you, and you start sea bombing here and there, especially if you're only on for sort of five ten minutes or or whatever, you might get on might get away with it as an MC if you drop it in later once you've gained their trust. I think it, it depends, just has the potential to sort of turn an audience against you. And I think our conversation this came up, didn't it? Because you were looking at an act that I've had on, and you said, "But he drops the sea bomb, and I'm not sure if that will go down well with my audience." I said to you, "Well, just ask him not to do it," and that, and you didn't think that that was maybe a, not my a place good to approach. do it. Yeah, it's and not, it's not my place. But there again, you can ask an act to do a clean set or a TV set or whatever. I never like to do that. Yeah, but I think you can, and I think you can. I, I think and if you state from the off, I need an act to do a clean set. That's fair enough. But I've had it, an act before uh, now who was effing and jeffing a bit too. You know, lots of lots and lots of swearing at the start of his set. It it seemed like they were kind of, it didn't seem natural. It's almost like they wanted to rise to an audience and 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 not seem cool or see you know. Just were they emulating edgy. somebody successful who does who does that? Maybe? I'm not I'm not that, sure. That can happen. And I just sort of I, I took the approach of 
of just sort of not making light of it, but saying, oh, it was a bit sweary though, wasn't it? I didn't know you swore so much. You know, that was a bit sweary. I think, mm-hmm. I think a few people were surprised. That they toned it down the next night. Yeah. So I, I sort of went the roundabout way of of kind of bringing it to their attention that the swearing, mm. uh, you know, oh, I, I'm not I'm not too sure if people like swearing, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. If, if my crowd liked the swearing so much, did you feel that? How did you, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, just, it was a roundabout way, not necessarily in, in exactly those words, but it was a roundabout way of saying, can you tone it down a bit? And they did, and it was arguably you know, a more palatable set. Yeah, but if, yeah. if you're dropping the C-bomb, I think you can say, don't you know, they don't... My approach would be, I'm, I'm, my crowd don't like the word. Mm. So... But I've, I've had other conversations in green rooms. Um, and they've said, they've gone out and looked at the audience, and if the audience looks old, like basically 90% of the audience is 50 and above, and there's a good percentage who clearly pensioners, there's a lot of grey hair out there. And... and I've seen arts go out, look at them, and they come back in, and they've gone white. They've gone, ah, oh, my my stuff, my stuff about bum sex isn't going to go down well in here. And I always say to them, ah, well, actually, um, I think you'll be surprised. I've bummed most of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but one of the one of the older acts said at the time, um, I can't remember who it was, said, well, they're of an age where you could say a lot more stuff than what you can say now, so they're probably more accepting of it. Weirdly. So, like when we were younger, there's always a um, perception that you, you can't swear in front of older people and you can't talk about taboo things in front of older people. It's actually sort of being turned on its head in some circumstances, not all the yeah. time, but there, there is a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. I, I tell you where it goes awry sometimes for me. Um, I've got a hardcore audience who sort of come all the time, but on nights if the headliners particularly. High level, and there's a high percentage of the audience are in there because they've seen him or her on the telly, but they're not used to comedy nights. That's when it can go a little bit awry mm. because you know they'll come along and they've brought the mother-in-law along, and then you've got some young lad talking about you know sea bomb this, sea bomb that. When you set the gig up, sometimes you know the the uh, proprietor, uh, landlord, whatever might want it a bit. Calmer, a bit tamer. And my this this goes to a um, a gig I ran in Wisbeach, the Secret Garden in Wisbeach, and we had Mitch Ben on as our first headliner. Um, this goes back a couple of years now, and he's full flow in his set. And there's a bit of he's getting a bit sweary. He does um, not overly, you know. It's well well within. In the realms of comedy. He's very Radio 4. I mean, I've put yeah. him on a couple of times and Radio 4 people turn up. The owner of the site, it's on a like a, a touring park, waved him down, walked up in the middle of his set, waved him down while he's, while he's mid-set, right? And she's waving her arms, goes right up to him and goes, why can't you say bloody old bugger? <laughs> and, and to completely put the brakes on his set. Anyway, her husband, I think, came and, and sort of escorted her away. And sure enough, you know, she's got an issue with swearing in in the site on the site. They they've then said, well, can you can you have it on a Thursday when there's not camping on the weekend when there's kids running around? And yet we had Gary Delaney there. You know, yeah, the, yeah. The, she she's slightly more forgiving when there's three hundred people in the site. You know, filling yeah, yeah, yeah. filling the 
fucking till. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she's got a real issue with with swearing. Yeah, I just want to be clear. I really don't have an issue in it. I just don't. Want, I don't want to see land uh, acts uh, step on their own landmines. That's all, you know. So I, and it's up to me to pick pick acts that aren't likely to do that for 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 the gigs that I'm booking. So you know, it's, I, I see if I see an act not do so well at one of my gigs, I feel responsible. Can you get them to say bloody or bugger then? I, yeah, I can. instead of yeah. <laughs> bloody. We haven't said it there. We've done really well. What would this word? Yeah, yeah. No, but we haven't actually said the word. And then you know, anybody who's thinking, what's the C bomb? I don't know what it means. <laughs> anyway, what else we got? We we both put the same same subject down. I wrote down. Uh, you wrote down Faulty Towers Reboot and I wrote down Fatty Owls. Yes, you did. Yeah, Farty yeah. Towels and uh, John Cleese. Yeah, and uh, it has been announced that he's going to do a new Faulty Towers uh, written by him and his daughter, I believe. Or starring him and his daughter. Well, I think she's, it's written. She's going to be written. in it. I mean, the joy is out. They've done it. Look, I had a little look um, at what's been going on with that and it's been done a few times, hasn't it? What? what? On the same format of Faulty Towers. Nah, nah. What this is, is a same character, a similar situation, what, 30, 40 years on, something like that. But I love the idea. The thing that got my goal about it is how people have been absolutely up in arms about it and deciding already before it's actually got... Pen hasn't even touched paper yet in terms of writing it. This is going to be shit. It's going to be shit. Not only is it going to be shit, people are already offended by John Cleese's opinions, which he's not yet expressed. And even if he did express it, it's it's not an yeah. actual opinion. It's a it's a piece of comedy, um, which he may or may not. Uh, say things that are offensive, which he hasn't done yet. So people are actually already offended. Have you, have you said, I've seen like loads of discussions online about it, and I'm, oh, it's going to be shit. Yeah. And, it, and John Cleese, he he's like this now, so he's going to be terrible. I, I'd like to think it's going to be amazing, though. It might be brilliant. I think I think it has scope to be brilliant. I mean, seeing Basil begs- Forty get to, get to grips with somebody's uh, wacky pro- pronouns. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's see. You know, I mean, he's I, still got that fire in his belly yeah. that, that he had when he was doing Monty Python. Yeah, absolutely. He's, or or seeing Basil Forty um, com- complaining about uh, immigrants coming in in dinghies, but then suddenly finding he's got a gig putting them all up and he's, he's printing cash uh, and, and see how he deals with that. Yeah. That would yeah. be good. Well, yeah. yeah, we'll uh, have, have to see how, what angle they take. The, the question of why he's doing it is pretty obvious, isn't it? I mean, he got divorced that's in what, the early That's what 2000s. everybody says. And yeah. it, she wiped him out, and then he had to go and do the Monty Python tour, and that put some money in the bank, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. And now I think he's skint again, you know. You would. If, you, uh, yeah. if you've got a certain standard of living... That happened to Leonard Cohen as well, didn't he? Did it? it? Yeah, I mean, that's why we saw Leonard Cohen. A couple of years before he died, he sort of was at Glastonbury and touring again. But, she, yeah, he got properly cleaned out, and then he's had to sort of restock. I mean, look, we don't know. We're not inside his head. It could be a creative itch that he's been down at scratch for ages. And also, he has been getting stick for some of his opinions, which I haven't really read too deeply, but normally how it goes, he'll say something which is a bit controversial, and then it'll get framed as being slightly more controversial than what it was, and then it gets tribal. A lot of people sort of decide that, all right, we've got to hate 
John Cleese now. John, John gives uh, me great hope that if if John Cleese is rebooting Faulty Towers, Oasis are likely to get back together. That, I think that's going to happen. It's getting it's closer, gonna, isn't it? Have you heard the Have you heard the latest? Bonehead's back in with with Liam, so he's got him back on the team. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. And and do you, do you hear um, Noel as a? Um, uh, I think he's spilled from his wife. So That's going to cost him. Yeah, that'll cost him. So we, A, yeah. he'll need money, right? But B, um, he went on record and saying, well, uh, Liam said things about my wife and there's some some places okay. he just don't go. Now, that's disappeared. Maybe that, maybe he thinks the same as Liam about his wife now. Who knows? I don't know. But yeah. That he, is a gig I would go and see. I just hope if they do it. I mean, the Stone Roses, I'm glad I didn't go to that reunion. I did that. You did? You went to see it, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, Wembley. Yeah. Um, I was really surprised, as somebody who's, who loved the uh, the album and both both albums, but especially the Stone Roses, the first one, um, rocking up to a stadium and hearing him amplify his voice amplified yeah. to the level of Wembley Stadium and realizing just how shit he sounded. I think if any of the royalties, you know, the majority of the royalties for that album should have gone to the person who mixed it. I know he gets lots of stick for his singing, but I saw him in, in, in the early noughties uh, when he was singing with a band. His, his solo stuff with the fear, F-E-A-R yeah, yeah. and all of that. Yeah, I saw him sing that, and he was doing some Stone Roses um, numbers as well. And actually, he was not for not perfect and then. So I, it, it was a great yeah. experience. It was a lot of middle-aged people off their nuts, yeah. you know, gurning but, all over the place with bucket hats. It was brilliant. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> it was the best. Yeah, it was the best gig. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's now touring again, isn't he? But with a backing track and he's getting slated oh, for a sort of... Yeah, like, you would the, the, though, the, wouldn't you? Nah, he was in the Stone Roses, right? How hard can it be to get a band? I mean, you know, even get a band and not share the royalties that much anyway. I'm sure you can get decent session musicians. You can't be that It's hard. a terrible decision. Everyone yeah. turned up and it was him doing karaoke. Yeah, to his own tracks. <laughs> and he can't sing that well anyway. And he was, and he was killing his own karaoke yeah. tracks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You want to talk about comedy cosmetics? Don't know what that is. Um, I've been to a few gigs in the recent months that just don't look like gigs. You turn up and there's, you know, there's comedy on, and there's mm. a few people supping beers around a table, and you kind of get a sense that something's happening because there might there's a couple of speakers in the corner, um, and then suddenly a comedy night appears, yeah. um, and there's a bloke at the end of the bar with a with a microphone. Uh, yeah, I mean, I say I've been to a couple. I mean, that was one example, but, you know... It sounds bleak. Yeah. And, then, and every now and then, uh, during the guy's set, you can hear a hand dryer go off. That sort of thing, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from people putting gigs on. And put, somebody in the kitchen clattering around and... Please, please put gigs on. But there are a few fundamentals for me. You know what I'm like. You've, you've been to my gigs, and you know that I'm a bit of a stickler for just making it look like a gig. The acts definitely, you know, particularly professional acts, when they turn up to a pub, appreciate it looks like a gig. It looks like there's something happening. It's got some cosmetics, some theatricals going on. Yeah. Whether that's a backdrop, some will go with a pop-up banner. Um, some will go with, you know, the full lights and, and, and everything else. If the venue isn't set up for that sort of thing... It's just not the. It's not really a comedy night, is it? It's yeah, just, yeah. It, it's it, and particularly if you're charging people for tickets. But there are for me, and I, uh, you know, some fundamentals. I've managed to sort of 
build mine up over the last couple of years where there is a curtain at the back. You know, we've got stands, we've got curtain rail, we've got curtain. There's a there's a graphic on the curtain that you, you hang down. There's sometimes a couple of pop-ups. There's a stage, there's a microphone, and there's some decent lights. Um, those are the things for me that make a, a decent gig. I'm not judging other people's gigs, but if I turn up for a comedy S- night... Sounds like you are. Um, <laughs> I am, actually, aren't I? <laughs> sounds like that's exactly what you're doing. No, I'm judging... Yeah... It's exactly what I'm doing. I'm not saying mine's perfect, <laughs> but it's it's pretty good. Um, but certainly, you know, if you're going to put a gig on... Promote, Stop putting shit gigs on people. Yes, yeah. Don't be about the bush car. Stop putting shit gigs on. If you if you are putting gigs on, make it a gig. Stick something behind the axe, or, or at least, you know, make de- define the but space. Let, let me ask you this, Kai. When you started first putting on gigs, were they always good? Yeah. You, I'm not. I'm, I shit you, you not. You, you, I've you never put a shit gig on from day one. Oh no, actually no. Let me go back to the first one. Mind no, you, the first, the first gigs. No, they've always. I, 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 I tell you the advantages you've got, and you've alluded to it at some length in, in this in this episode, uh, which is you're, you're from a, a drama background. Yes. So, so you you, you, you get that straight away. It's uh, the second nature. I'm to you. used to putting on school productions yeah, with yeah, yeah. with a you know with a a relatively small budget. But the the reality is. Um, being able to turn a insignificant space into something which the audience can yeah. f- turn their heads to is really important to me. Well, it, yeah, I think it's important to most people eventually when they get it. I mean, I, but I just think that you're lucky in that you had that sort of, um, performing background. But it doesn't say that. All, all you've got to do is go and look at a good comedy night. But I've, I've that's said, important. I've, I've said this before numerous times though you start off being shit you end up better and, yeah. you, and I think you were lucky because you, you you did drama in schools and whatnot. you already had an idea of what looked shit and what didn't when I first started uh, doing um, open spots my point of reference was other open spots so if somebody said right there's the microphone next to the fruit machine there's the audience there some of them are interested and some of them aren't do your best I was like, oh, right, okay, well, there goes. Because I'll tell you, it was a little bit shit. But I'm thinking, well, you know, this is this is the card I've been dealt. I'll just get on with it, and and did it a few like that. And then you notice one or two that were all right, and then you you, you sort of wise up and you start realizing I was putting on gigs and they didn't have decent lights and all the stage, and people were sort of saying, Paul, you you, you could do better than this. You put a lot of effort in, and you, you know people yeah. were travelling. So and, and I listened and sort of acted on it mainly but you, you don't always start off I mean I think people can be allowed to start off a bit rubbish and then improve no I disagree I don't think you should start off that rubbish light and sound are the two absolute essentials if you haven't got that you need to just get that before you put a gig on I know there are lots of promoters who will be absolutely in agreement there yeah, um, I know. I, there will be. And all, 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 my only point is, well, firstly, yes, I agree with you. Secondly, I'm just saying people start off rubbish and end up being all right, at it, you know? And I count myself as that because I started off a bit shit and ended up being all but right. Yeah, but at learn, it, you know? learn from gigs that are not shit, isn't it? A light. Is, well, that's what that's it fucking you, no, you, no you, you know how learning works, right? You start off not knowing something and then you end up knowing something, right? You're a teacher, so you'll know yes, this, right? Yeah. So, so like that's what's happened there. Somebody at some point didn't know, and then they had a journey of discovery, and then at the end of it, 
they knew something. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 you know what I mean? I, mean, I, I one, do. At one but, point you might but, have been... But at what of, level do you do it? You know, if, if you're inviting paying punters into a I, gig, I, I, I think you're beyond having to learn there. You've got to have it at least to some kind mm. of level of acceptable quality well yeah well if you, if you, you don't if you don't do it well you you you'll you'll probably get a bit bruised by it but again this is how learning works i i would much rather people have a crack make mistakes and learn from the mistakes you know um i'd rather they did that than you know speaking to somebody who was shit at it i'm not shit at it anymore i think i'm all right at it you know but, uh, you know, uh, I think it's more important just to have a crack uh, and be just ignore the fact that a lot of people would suffer from a lack of confidence, so don't do anything in case they are shit. What I'd say to those people, just have a crack. crack. Don't worry about being judged on a podcast or whatever. Just get no, on with but, it. No, but definitely do get some likes. This bit is called Parking Like a Twat in Loddon and Chedgrave, in brackets, local bits. So, yeah, one of the things that happened locally uh, to us this week, I don't know if you've seen it, Kai, but uh, Great Yarmouth has made the national news. Have you seen this? Um, they they found an unexploded World War Two bomb. Was this the one they were kicking? Kicking? People were kicking it, not knowing it was a bomb. The, I, you know that happened. Did that <laughs> actually happen? So. Yeah. What's that then? Well, they were dredging, I think, part of uh, maintaining the coast and whatnot. And then they they pulled out this bomb. It did look like a proper World War Two thing. You know, like it was a big, looked like a, a meter and a half long and a big fat thing. Wow. Uh, yeah. And they were sort of near it, and I, I, I don't think they were kicking. I think they were. It was being having a good old rattle around. And then they went. Suddenly went. Oh shit! It's a bomb. <laughs> and, and then they worked out what type of bomb and what damage it can do. And then half of Yarmouth was evacuated. People sleeping in community centres and all of this. Oh kind really? Of it was yeah, that yeah. bad, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so, that's a different one that I heard about. And, and I don't quite know how it concluded. But um, in the office today, there's a ch- there's a chap who. Uh, he won't listen to this because I won't tell him it exists because I don't want to get sacked from the office. But he he was telling us all about it, and um, he was talking to his, uh, his his missus on text, and it had just gone off, like and they were they were trying to um, architect a controlled explosion. Apparently, this wasn't a controlled explosion, and that's the last I heard of it before coming here. Oh, was that in, so? Just, yeah, as just you... this evening, yeah. Oh, I, I think everyone's been evacuated. As I left the the office in Norwich about half past five, he's reading out a text. Oh, that bomb's gone off. But don't I don't think it was a controlled explosion. But the thing is, if it destroys half of Yarmouth, who's gonna know? <laughs> 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 Sorry if you live in Yarmouth, but yeah, couldn't resist that. Yes, what 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 else has happened locally, Kai? Well, in Beckles, there is a great artisan sausage roll debate going on. Right, and this is this started on social media, but there there is a you, you know in my mind sort of cut in, but yeah. like artisan, yeah, I just replaced the word artisan with wanky. Well, this is this is an example that you might probably be right. Uh, be right. I don't know. I can't say because it's a new business that's just opened up. Good luck to them. And it's a and it sells pastries, artisan pastries. Well, handmade artisan pastries right. they're selling sausage rolls 
And they have opened up their store opposite Greg's. Oh. Right? Now, yeah. you might think there's a great kind of competition there, perhaps, but they are clearly looking for a different... Different, different clients. Demographic. Yeah, yeah. Because the debate is... And there are photographs online. It's, it's become quite humorous now where there is all sorts of uh, nonsense going around about sausage rolls in particular because they've got a handmade sausage roll. Is it one of those big fat ones? It's not massive. Is it not ours? No. Some, some of the ones you've got, you've got some places that do their home-baked sausage rolls and some and of them look absolutely amazing. Like big, big fat things. Yeah, but they're charging four and a half quid to take away, five and a half quid to eat in for a sausage roll. Right. Whereas the opposite... In Greg's is £1.50. You know now, what? that's the debate. That's the great yeah. sausage roll debate, and and it's it, kicking off big I, time. People I, are losing their shit over it. Well, I can understand why, because I went to a shop in Norwich, which was opposite the Greg's, new Greg's that's open, near Castle Quarter, and I was recommended this place that does pretzels. Um, what's it called? Auntie Annie's or something like that? Uh-huh. And somebody said, oh, it's really nice, the pretzels in there. I went in and I got a pretzel and a coffee. The pretzel itself, like it was a, like a bread, it, basically it was a funny shaped bit of bread, right? It wasn't like the pretzels you get out, like you, you eat loads of them, they taste a bit like... Um, with chunky salt on them and what have Yeah, you? yeah. This was just, basically it was a bit of bread with onions infused in it. £4.50 it cost me. And I sat there looking directly at Greg's and people, you know... <laughs> queuing a, out the door. Queuing out the door, having a massive feed. I felt bloody stupid. I thought, yeah. what am I doing this? £4.50 for just for a little bit of bread. And there wasn't anything on it. Now, the debate is, I think, should you should you really call out a place just for charging more for a sausage roll? Or should you just let them get on with it and just accept that that's not, your, that's not where you'd shop? Mm. I think the latter, really... Just uh, let them do what they're doing. I mean, can I say that? Handmade no, I, I, pastries aren't cheap. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. So I've just spent a minute slagging off Auntie Anne's and their, <laughs> their pretzels, haven't I? So I, I'd be hypocritical <laughs> if I did that. You would be. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. But I do agree with you. I, I've got to be hypocritical. Do you know what? I think it's all right for me to be hypocritical. I think it's I'm not okay. everyone else. And it's also okay to accept that you're wrong sometimes. Um, and just sort of to bite your tongue and and not complain, because yeah. um, you you quite you you're you're one to write reviews, aren't you? You you like writing reviews. Yeah, I do. I've not heard of a good restaurant experience you've had yet. Uh, no, if you are quick you, enough to complain. I I've written lots of good 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 <laughs> uh, good reviews actually. I have. I've written some really good ones, and I've, and I've taken the trouble actually. If you want to sort of check the Google reviews for the local established establishments in this area, and I'll give it away for free. I'm called Fred Cheering on those reviews, <laughs> and I don't mind saying, um, have a look. You know, have a just scroll through the Fred Cheering reviews and tell me <laughs> tell me what you think. I think I think I've been pretty fair. That's... I'm scared to invite you round for dinner, to be honest. Oh. I'd love to. I'd love to say, are oh, you in the Mrs. Pop round? I'm sure um, the lighting and the curtains would be perfect. The light. <laughs> <laughs> opinion horse. In this section, we identify a piece of opinion whoremongery pervaded by someone else in the comedy industry. We might choose not to name the perpetrator. We might further discuss the merits of the opinion. Now, what we've written down is nothing to it's do with. It's got nothing it. to do with comedy. No, we've just. Written some things, but then again, might... Jeremy Clarkson last week didn't, did he? He's a comedy writer, isn't he? So you've written Grammy whammies, leave Madonna alone, 
heckling Harry Styles. The Grammys have been on telly and they've been grabbing headlines on telly, making themselves seem relevant. What are the Grammys? Music awards, right? Uh, is it a lot not just like the Oscars, is it? Is it? Is it like... Music Oscars, is, are they? Is that know. what they are? Yeah, well, yeah, Oscars. yeah. I mean, if you've got loads of Grammys, then you're, you're doing pretty well. So it, it's been in the telly and it started off with Harry Styles winning an award and loads of grown-ups heckling him so it looked like, right. you know, because they don't think he deserved it. Really? Yeah. And I and actually, he's done all right, to be he's fair. Right. His last album I quite enjoyed. Look, looks better in a frock than Sam Smith does. Yeah. <laughs> Are you allowed to say that? Yeah, well, you, say what? You've said it. What, frock? Yeah. The thing is about oh. um, Sam Smith, I think Day is a bit of a creepy fucker, honestly. I mean, it literally looks like Eddie Yates in your underwear. You know what I mean? <laughs> Eddie Yates? Yeah, I remember Eddie Yates. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Ed, Eddie Yates in a bloody leotard. Yeah, What's but... What's going on? It's art, though, isn't it? Well, years ago, you had Elton John sort of wearing flamboyant stuff, didn't yeah. you, in the 70s, and that was pretty groundbreaking. Isn't it designed but to it wasn't, titillate? Look, it's designed to draw attention to them. Have a look in the mirror, for God's sake. Yeah. yeah. The other the other thing that came up from the Grammys, I really don't like this one. I don't like the way people have been slating Madonna for the way that she looks. Yeah. I just don't like it. She's, what, 60-something? 60? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's Madonna, for fuck's sake. You can't, you know... Yeah, yeah. She, the, the, she's not listening, for, for one... But it's been really, really horrible stuff to read. You know, a lot of really tacky memes out there. Yeah, um, I used to be well into Madonna when I was younger. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. You know, I, it, it wasn't ever my cup of tea, but... Um, around the blonde ambition time, I was I was in there. I was ball steep in that. I bet you was. It was madness. Like and the, I loved it. That, um, in the 90s stuff, the late, later 90s stuff was all right. Um when she went a bit sort of ravey, that was good. I can't, yeah, I can't that was the that. that was the blonde ambition time. Yeah, was um, that, yeah, that yeah. was all right. And I thought she looked really amazing then. As but well, she actually. can put a foot wrong in my eyes, and and yeah. I, I, you know, you but you see people just slating. Yeah, she's pumped her face up. She's done all sorts of stuff, and she uses filters yeah, and what, yeah. and and all of that. But she's Madonna. She can do what she wants. Well, and I don't think she enough, cares what she, people think. People are sort of saying that what Sam Smith is doing now was the same as what Madonna was doing back in the sort of 80s and arguably. 90s. Arguably. Yeah, arguably. And I'm going to argue that it wasn't. Right? Because what, like, when you see something and then you feel in your gut that it's wrong and a bit creepy, I think, I think, that's, I think that's legit, right? With, with, with Sam Smith, you see that and you think, that's, that's not right. They have been through some really dark times yeah. and... Them has really t- tried to sort of bounce back and redefine them- themselves as uh, as an artist, but it is taking it to the extreme. You know, George Michael, arguably. Um, I didn't mind that. Do you know that video? That? The, the video he did when he was sort of like taking a, taking a Mickey out of himself, getting doing a bit of cottage, cottage in a while. Yeah. Um, I, I, I didn't mind that so much. I just thought I thought that was funny, and and you can sort of see he had a bit of humour about it. And is it, it art? And, and the the thing is with George Michael, you watched him; it didn't creep me out. I could tell he was a homosexual man, and he just seemed like an all right bloke. You know, where where, where is just. 
I get Jimmy Savile vibes from uh, uh, Sam, from oh, Sam wow. Smith. I do, okay. honestly. I completely get that. And it's like, and nobody's allowed to call it out because we're all too busy arguing arguing about what pronouns we should be using. Yeah, I've not. Yeah, I've not paid enough attention then. Uh, probably going to divide audiences on 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 that. If you like Sam Smith, and I don't know, I don't know. It's just just a weird one for me. Sorry about that. So this is praise be. In this section, we give thanks to anyone in a, in any setting who made our week better. Um, I went to the Horse and Groom in Rentham. Never yeah. been there. Um, went there once, briefly, years ago. But it's it's just a lovely, one of these lovely pubs with a, a load of beams all over the place. N- none of the beams cut out for the dartboard or any <laughs> skullduggery like that. But it's, uh, yeah, I went there with my daughter and just had a lovely, typical pub grub meal. Bit much for a weeknight, if I'm being honest. I could have done with something lighter, but I thought I saw it. I'd have a couple of pints of bitter, um, steak and ale pie, and I thought, yeah, I did that thing. Uh, let's have a look at the dessert menu. And they, they know as soon as you say that. No one's handing that back without ordering the dessert. <laughs> so, yeah, ended up some uh, sort of uh, chocolate fudge brownie thing. I had a nice time with my daughter, I'd not seen for a while. So yeah, you know, thanks to the thanks to my daughter for uh, coming out, and thank you very much to the nice lady. Maybe so. I, 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 I didn't get a name, but she she was a slightly older lady with uh, really glamorous and really, she she done herself up really in a really nice glamorous way and and put glitter in her hair and whatnot and sort of sparkly makeup, and and she's just a lovely warm person. Hang on, a waitress with glitter in her hair. She wasn't a waitress. She, she might have even been the proprietor. Did you not get glitter in the food? I can't be doing with that. She needs a hairnet. Sorry. You've got to get over yourself, haven't you? Looked no, all right. But yeah, you're going to yeah, get glitter in the drinks, no, and on your hands, I, in the. F- I had no idea what kind of glitter it was. How it's it just Did, hair, well, hair was glittering. I'd like know. to see if she has a basic food hygiene certificate. Um, probably, I think they would have done because it's a, okay. it was a, it was a nice place. The beer was nice. Well, then she would have needed a hairnet if she had glitter in it. I'm sorry she, to she take the wind she, out of. She didn't cook the food. She 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 brought it over. She was serving behind the bar. Yeah. I know there are enough listeners who there, appreciate there was, what I'm there saying. Was, there was probably somebody out the back with a hairnet on, with perfect lighting, with great curtains, and cooking all the food. I'm not taking anything away from the horse and groom at Rentham. Is this I'll let you off. So, so what's this? Accidental wine tasting? Um, I went to pick up a curtain rail from the Bear and Bells after the last week's gigs. Oh yeah. And I just thought I'd pop in. And as I as I went in, all of the staff curtain rail. Sorry, of course you did. Go yeah, on. <laughs> it was a curtain <laughs> rail because I use. I don't know if you've noticed yeah, in my yeah, gigs, yeah. I have really blended red curtains at the back of the room. Anyway, I'd left the curtain rail behind. Um, oh, such that's such a me thing to do. Yeah. Anyway, um, I turned up and all of the staff were sat around having a wine tasting. They had they they brought somebody in and they were halfway through a wine tasting, and the majority of the staff were absolutely toasted. But as I came in, they said, "Oh, sit down, yeah, pull up a chair." And they and I only came in for, I thought oh, I might have a pint and then and then head back. Uh, but I ended up staying there for like an hour and a half, two hours, having a wine tasting. And they were just getting increasingly toasted all the way through. I, I didn't. So um, what's happened there is the proprietor has agreed to let some rep come by yeah. and let everybody taste the wines. Yeah. And it's a bit of a... 
It, it probably is a, a thing, isn't it? So and she was it. brilliant. I wish I had in my mind the, the name of the company that was doing it. Fantastic wines, anyway. So they're, they're going to have some great wines at the Baron Bells. But um, what I really liked was the fact that they welcomed me in and sat me down like one of the staff. And it was lovely. And it was, oh, he does all the comedy and sat me down. And they were asking my opinion on the wines. I thought it was lovely. I felt very welcome there. Um, so, yeah, thank you, Baron Bells. I know I thank, I, I tend to thank the venues that I do my gigs in. Why wouldn't I? But that was, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. They're a lovely bunch. What's this? Trial by trolls. What what's that? What what happens here, Kai? No, nothing's happened Come on, to me. No, talk no. Th- about it. It's it's a slightly more serious one. There's there's some um woman's gone missing, hasn't she? And they think she's fallen in the river. She took oh, a dog for a walk yeah. and her phone was left on a bench. And her husband has been interviewed by the press and in all fairness to all the world, he looks like the most guilty man imaginable. He even smirks and laughs at the end of it. And the whole of the internet has been, um, oh, been you know... That's uh, interesting. Yeah, it's been divided over whether he's responsible. And they're saying, oh, this has got Ian Huntley kind of vibes For, about uh, it and stuff okay. like that. Um, because it, in my experience of looking at cases like this on the news it's usually the first bloke they ask is usually the suspect isn't it there's been a few haven't there yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. and honestly he does look like it and now as a I'm teacher gonna, as a slightly sensitive up. teacher i do see some sort of elements of uh, you know he might be on the spectrum or whatever and, and and actually this is how he feels like you should behave in front of in this situation you know and that that becomes a real kind of um challenge for that person um they've had and I will say they've had experts, um, the, a panel of experts, there's like four of them, and they all gave their credentials as being like top military um, Is this the, the behaviour panel? Yeah, a oh, top, th- th- top th- behaviour panel. And there was like four of them, yeah. a police one and a military one who does, uh, uh, you know... And, and a drama one, uh, uh, like one who, one, one who sort of teaches Maybe, politicians. Yeah. I watch this a lot. And there were four of them. I'm, I'm and a subscriber. With a green background? No, they were they were all sort of divided on the on the screen. Um, yeah, yeah, but 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 with green sort of typeface and lighting and what. Oh, maybe. Yeah. yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I don't remember too much of that detail. But they've all sort of concluded, bar one who who doesn't really want to fully commit that he's not. You know, these. You know, he's not telling. He's not showing too many tales on that. Um, but if you watch the interview with this guy who should be traumatised and some of the words he uses and some of the phrases he uses and, and some of the facial expressions he uses, you he does look like a, a wrong one. But, yeah. um, you know, I'm, I'm inclined to think that maybe he isn't and the internet is once again, you know, making big, big everybody... Yeah, well, making everybody... I'm pretty sure in that the, 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 the four guys in the four windows that you're talking about is, is a YouTube channel called The Behaviour Channel. And I've watched an awful lot of this. I find it fascinating. And they will they will show people after that, like for instance, they showed Ted Bundy the night before he was executed. Oh right! And, and they gave okay. a lowdown on what what they thought was happening there. And all I do is give their opinion on what they see as behavioural experts. They won't say whether or not they've been guilty or not. They'll just say, well, when they're asked this question. They panicked. Are you there? The blink rate went up, and all yeah, this kind that's of thing. It. Yeah, yeah, it's fascinating. I absolutely love that channel. And so, so th- if this is on it this week, I'll be checking that. Yeah, out. do. I mean, yeah. the, the guy has. Um, he's. She's gone missing, and they they can't find her in the river. 
The phone was on the bench. Her dog was loose. Um, the police don't think she's in the river. She was on a call or something prior to it. They've even gone down the road. So, you know, the, the father was making a really emotional plea that everybody was um, moved by. And then the, even the sister wasn't quite as emotional and was repeating things that the husband was saying. And then everybody's going, oh, they're in it together, they're in it together. And I think it's just... A bit of guilty knowledge. Such a cruel place the internet can be. Yeah, we'll find find out eventually what what happened, won't we? And uh, if people see something that's not quite right when they're they're, um, talking about something... A lot of people cancel. Have you seen his interview? I've not. I'm going to have to look oh, it up. Oh, it's a, but I've it's seen, a beauty. I've seen a lot like it, you know. I've seen an awful lot. It's a beauty. It's got wrong and written all over it. Yeah, right. But, you know, according to the experts, maybe he's not. Mm. Um, and the police apparently have said, no, he's not a suspect. So, as what, well. so the, beh- the behaviour panel said he's not a wrong one. The behaviour panel, I think sort of 80% that he's not. Yeah. One didn't really want to commit and say, but he said, you know, that's how it appears to him, that it looks like he... You know, I don't want to say he isn't, but all the signs point at it. Have a look. It's, it's, well, it's yeah, fascinating. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the fact that he's smirking at the end of the interview, and there are lots of things. So that's, that's, that's in Congo. It's a it? weird yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's what, what everybody's picking what, what up What tense on. was he, he referring to? Him in? Well, that's it. They was going, oh, you know, we don't want to give up hope and, and stuff like that. And he even said, oh, it's like a dream. And everyone's going, who would say it's like a dream? It's a nightmare, surely, you know, <laughs> shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. that's that's all doing the rounds at the moment. Um, uh, I can't wait to check this out, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. They can't find her in the river, and people say she's been taken. If if in a few if they all get off and in a few years down the line, the sister and the husband get together, you know, there's been... Sounds sounds like I mean I don't want to sort of say speculate, but I'm about to. <laughs> From how I've explained yeah. it badly, it sounds like the uh, uh, her partner's done her in and then staged the death that she's jumped into the water. Well, let's and, not and, and the police jump are, to conclusions. The, the police please. are elitely, yeah, I'm jumping to a conclusion, <laughs> uh, and the police were basically saying, "Well, we're going to look in the river." And all everybody online are going, "There's no point in looking in the river. They're not well, there." No, even, and the police are going, yeah. "Well, we're going to look in the river because that's where we think." The, no, the, even yeah. the, the chief I, river I, looker has said. Um, you know, and even he flaps about a bit. Like I can't say that she's not there, but she's not there. Yeah, yeah. Well, but the police are still saying mm, she's in the river, so we're going to yeah. carry on looking. That's they're stringing it along, aren't they? Uh, you know, they're, they're they know they've done enough river searches in their time to know that she's not in that river, but they're still kind well, of when, when they've got a, sub- holding a, a suspect, normally the partner of the person that's gone missing or the parents, because can be kids sometimes. They like to put them in front of the cameras yes. to see how they react. Yeah. And I think there's a bit of that, just so they can well, get Well, that's, get a, that's get... also been said, and I, I was following it. And, yeah, I mean, on face value, that wasn't a good interview um, so fresh after the incident. You know, it's almost like he was talking about her like she does no, she no longer exists, but we won't give up hope, rather than saying, yeah, please come back, please call us, if you, you know, wherever you are. There was yeah. none of that. It was like, yeah. we're not going to give up hope searching. Yeah. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. all a bit odd. Yeah. Interesting. It'd be interesting to see how this pans out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, are we going to plug our gigs again? Well, I think, I think, well, I suppose we probably should. Um, well, well, no, no, mine are all sold out. God, <laughs> I've got guy. three in March. That's, they're, they're that's, they're that's because they're tiny. Yeah, that's right. That's right. 
Well, um, Mick Miller is headlining a fantastic lineup of comedy next Friday night, actually. So that's Friday the 17th of February at Gorston's Ocean Room and Southwold Arts Centre. Um, so that's that. And then I've got Sean Walsh headlining the same in April, 28th of April, but I headlined both venues on the same night. Have a look at WCB Comedy uh, website, Reginald D. Hunter in May, doubling up at Southwold Art Centre and the new venue at Woodbridge, which is nearly sold out already. Yeah, get yourself down there. Yeah. And book nice. that, book that for, for June. See how generous I am giving you all that airtime to yeah, plug gigs. You're not edited it yet. <laughs> yeah, 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 watch this get cut the fuck out. Now, um, I've got a new challenge. It's that time. Yeah. Because next Tuesday, I've got Cray Cray at the uh, Comedy Store in London. And you've got... Milton Jones. Headlining. That's fantastic. It's an amazing lineup, actually. Azilla uh, Carlson, Milton Jones, Jazz Emu, who just won two... Chortle Comedy Awards, one for the best variety or character act and the best social media. He's playing there. Um, Blank Peng, who is uh, a relatively new act, and Phil Nickel hosting yeah, right. with David Timms and his big band. And that is a top night. And I'll tell you what, if you are hearing this on Sunday or Monday and uh, you can get yourself to London for it, I promise you it's going to be an absolute banger. Well, let's. Shall we start winding this one down? Yeah, let's do uh, that. We've plugged our gigs. Um, you had an apology to make, didn't you? Uh, yeah, last. Uh, yeah, th- th- this apology go- goes out to all the people who care about mental health. Um, I want to, I want everyone to know that I care about mental health, and I don't think it should be taboo. Despite the fact, in the last episode, I said the phrase "fucking mental" about five times. Oh, you did. Yeah, yeah, I did. yeah. I was going to bring you up on it. Because, you know, I think it's probably going to upset a few people. Yeah. That term. I mean, we used to. For being honest, I sort of enjoyed saying it. And we did say crazy. Whoa. You know, you can't say crazy golf. Yeah. You can't say brainstorming, but fucking mental probably does wind people up a bit more. I don't know if it does. No? Yeah. I think that's, I think that's sort of, people will get get to that one. I, yeah. think, I think we're getting away with it. Okay. They I might. Think. But I, I'm, I'm apologising just in case. They might go skits. No, you can't say that, can <laughs> can't you? can't say that, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they might go well, loop the loop. No, 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 don't say that. They might get really angry. They might get really angry. They might get really justifiably they might angry. Get, you know, and if they... To be fair, that, taking... guy, that, that, that guy that was, like, running around not stabbing anybody. Yeah. Saying that he had a knife. Oh, on that, as a, as a final note, right? Yeah. I'd like to thank the people that have seen that video. I put it on TikTok, didn't I? Yes. Right? And I know I've been sort of texting you going, oh, it's like 50,000, 70,000. At this moment in time, 300,000 people have looked at that video yeah, to the point at which even your kids have been going, is this the yeah, is this video the... of your mate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. And yeah. it is a buzz. I know they talk about, like, when you look at a post online, it's like dopamine hits you get for likes and hearts and yeah. things. And TikTok 100% works like that. It's yeah, like, of course it does, shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's really, it's 150, 180, 200, two, And at one Keep. point, I was talking to you, and in 20 minutes, it went up 50,000 views. Yeah. That was a really mad time. It sort of, it sort of leveled out a bit at 300,000. Actually, just shy of 300,000, it's like 290 or something. I've got footage of our Basset Hound 
barking at the telly when I put Basset Hound Racing on YouTube and yeah. the Basset's losing his shit and I'm watching it. And I'm so tempted to put that on TikTok to see how it flies. Yeah. I, I think it's got all the ingredients. That it? is all the ingredients. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Might do that. But if I do that, I'll make sure I put a promoter about Mal's logo on the Yeah, on the I've, been, I've been posting comments saying... Hear all about it on the Promoter Mouse podcast. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. You know, and and people who look at the comments will see that yeah, and, yeah. and hopefully do it. But um, it's, yeah, 300,000 views is epic. There are even people on there going, the next time somebody runs at you like that, you really must get out of the way. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, yes, mum, thanks. You, you were feeling brave because you, were, you, you had had the F5, you were about to drive. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, are we, are we going to wrap it up? Yes, we are. Um, yeah, let's say goodbye. Um, that's the end of episode number eight of the Promoter Mouse podcast. Thanks for listening. Support Kai and Pablo by becoming a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash promotermouths.